Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. But I truly believe that God is always in control. This is His house. He can do whatever He wants. How many are with me? He can do whatever He wants. This is His house. And so we're ready to bring the word to you this morning. If I didn't introduce myself, my name is Pastor Maribel Barajas. I am the campus pastor here at Thrive. And so I'm excited uh, to help uh, lead this house. It's such a blessing and such an honor. And so if you can stand with me. We're going we're gonna to read the scripture. and We're also going to pray this morning for God to bless the word. Amen. Can you just lift your hand with me today? Father, we thank you that you are in this place as we were exalting and worshiping your name, God, you were already moving. So we give you permission to continue to do that. And do that in my life, God. Move in my life, move in my heart. Thank you, God, for the message that has brought so much challenge and so much freedom week after week after week, God. And as we continue to, to dive in this one last sermon, God, uh, uh, focusing on the life of Joseph, God, that you would just challenge us once again and allow us to really step into the freedom that we are called to. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. Amen. Awesome. So we're going to read Genesis chapter 45. And so we're going to remain standing for the word. We love to honor the word here. I know we got you guys. We got, it's okay. <laughs> we're going to honor the word. And something I've really enjoyed is uh, on Sunday mornings, as we've gone through this series, we have really read the word. Like we're used to reading two, three, four scriptures. No, we're reading 15 and 20 and 25. Like we're reading the word because it's important to really understand the story. And so we're going to grasp it today. Let's start Genesis 45, verses 1 to 15. Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. He cried, make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud so that all the Egyptians heard it. And the household of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph then said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. So Joseph said to his brothers, come near to me, please. And they came near. And he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these last two years and there are yet five years in which there will neither be plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not tarry. Verse 10, you shall dwell in the, house, in the land of Goshen 
and shall be near to me, you and your children and your children's children and your flocks and your herds and all that you have. There I will provide for you. For there are yet five years of famine to come so that you and your household and all that you have do not come to poverty. We're in verse 12. And now your eyes see and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. See, that wasn't supposed to be the plan. So he's testifying here of a miracle. You must tell my father of all my honor in Egypt and of all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and he wept. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. And he kissed all of his brothers and he went upon them. After that, his brothers talked with him. You may be seated. How many have been following along this powerful story of Joseph's life? He was given a dream, a God dream, and then he ended up in a pit. Then he was sold into slavery. But remember the ultimate plan was for him to die. And here he is being sold into slavery. Then he ends up in prison because he was accused of something that he didn't do. Then he interprets a dream and he ends up as the right hand of the king. He ends up in the palace. How many say amen? That's a good story. That's a good testimony. See, I remember when I was reading the scripture this morning, it took me back to when I was uh, a kid and I grew up in church. Anybody grow up in church? So back in the day, we used to have Sunday school and then we had like a three hour service during the day. And then we took like, a nap because we had so much food over brunch. Come on, anybody in the house? And you know, we had like some gorditas with some carne asada with some frijoles and that, that was my house. I know your house was probably different, but my mom would cook that Mexican cuisine and it was really good. And uh, it was a little heavy though, because we had to go back for that prayer night testimony service at six, six o'clock at night on Sundays. Anybody remember that? Hey, we do that once a month here at Thrive right? We come back at five o'clock and we call it Devo night and we seek the face of God and we ask God to move in this house. I believe the prayer works. But there's sometimes when maybe not a lot of us would show up. And uh, I remember the pastor would just open it up to testimony night. And I remember hearing some testimonies that were kind of awful because they never ended like on a good note. I don't know if you ever heard anyone just testify and it's like, I think, I think Fred Hammond says something like, the devil was after me last night. And, that, and then the testimony's over. And I'm just like, what? where's the victory in this testimony? See, it's normal for us when we tell stories and you can tell when we're still caught up in the chaos and in the pain of it. You can still tell when we haven't dealt with certain issues in our life because it never ends with victory. It always ends a defeat. And so this is a testimony of victory. This is a testimony of perseverance. This is a testimony of God had it all under control. Can you give God praise this morning? And so today's message, how do we get to a place of victory? How do we 
stop sharing the negativity that happened and focus on the victory. How do we get there? We realize that we are no longer slaves. So today's message is you are no longer a slave. Can you say that with me? You are no longer a slave. Now say, I am no longer a slave. We are free. We have been bought by the blood of Jesus. Paid the price for you and I, amen? So I wanna focus on seven, seven things. We're gonna focus on seven signs of, first of all, spiritual wellness and spiritual sickness. How many know those two look very different? That's why our testimony sounds different because they are very different. You can tell when someone is healthy and someone is well, there are signs that show that someone is whole, but there are, all, there are also signs of sickness. There's something going on internally, even physically, when we are spiritually sick. So the definition of spiritual wellness is the holistic internal health of an individual who has been regenerated and transformed by the gospel. I'm gonna say that again, we have been transformed by the gospel. If you have experienced transformation by the gospel, which is the truth that we live by, you are whole. You are healthy. I heard a message last week. I was in Mexico uh, ministering and leading worship out there. And it was such a blessing to be out there doing missions. And one of the speakers said there are, there are two, two main phases in a believer's life. There's the moment that you accept Jesus and you're on fire. Amen. You preach to everyone around you because you love Jesus and you understand your calling. And then there's the moment where you've learned how to be a Christian. And you start losing the hunger. You start losing the appetite for the presence of God. You start losing the appetite for the truth in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so you get stagnant. And so this message, this whole series is calling us out from that place of being comfortable because we have a lot to do here in Lathrop, California, guys. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of purpose. There's a lot of plan here. And God has called you to be a part of it. But we have to be well, we have to be whole. The word regenerate in its original language actually means created again. And if we look at this spiritually speaking, we know that 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if anyone, someone say anyone. Yes, everybody here and all the people that you wish came that didn't come, them too. So it doesn't matter who you were born to, where you came from, what you've done, what you've said, what kind of hole you, you've dug yourself in. Doesn't matter. The Bible says anyone who is in Christ, who has chosen Christ, he is a new creation. He is a new creation. 
The old has passed away. Behold. I love that word behold. It's like saying, listen up. This is the truth. The new has come. Behold, the new has come. How many are thankful that the new has come to your life? Come on. The new has come to our life. And so spiritual sickness, there's a big difference, but we're going to look at it. Looking at seven signs. The, the definition for spiritual sickness is the internal decay of an individual soul and spirit through sinful thoughts, motives, and behavior that directly contradicts the gospel. That directly contradicts the gospel. And so we're gonna look at the differences and it's a good, I think a perfect opportunity for us, for you, for me, to look at our life and see where it is that we need to allow Jesus to work. How many say amen? Apostle Paul says we're, we're in a process here. We're not perfect, but we're being perfected every single day. So the first sign of spiritual wellness is a person who sees God in every situation. Someone who sees God in every situation. See, perspective is an attitude that we have towards something. It's our point of view. It's how we view life. It's how we view people. It's how you view life. It's basically the decision of which lens we're going to use to see life through. A person who sees God in every situation is a person that trusts God. That you understand that really all things, I think that's been the, 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 the scripture verse we mention almost every week, right? All things, they work together for the good of those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose. So we understand that God is in control regardless of what chaos I'm standing in. We understand that God always has a purpose. What we understand best is that God will never leave us and God will never forsake us. That God will walk with us when we walk through the fire. That God will be with us. He will hold our hand when we walk through the waters. And nothing would be able to come against us because his presence is with us. That's such a beautiful blessing that we have. Perspective is the attitude that we carry. See, he said, Joseph said to his brothers, everything that you guys did, it wasn't you. God allowed it. Whew. This is some deep stuff. Everything you planned against me, it didn't work because God was always the one calling me to it. Come on, give God praise. The opposite of that is spiritual sickness, which 
One refuses to see God in the situation. These are the, the stubborn ones. I'm a stubborn one. I don't know about you, but I'm stubborn. I got to pray against that in the name of Jesus. Any stubborn people here? Don't raise your hand. I'm just kidding. Don't. Oh, I see that hand. <laughs> Some of you guys are like, ah. don't point fingers at your wife. I saw that. Don't do that. We refuse to see God because we, we, we're used to sitting in this pain. We're used to sitting in, in a situation that, that we, it's so interesting. We dislike it, but we keep it. We keep it close. And it causes unbelief because anyone that is stuck in pain, anyone that is stuck in that place is not trusting Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that we don't feel pain. We feel pain. We feel sorrow. We feel anger. Someone say amen. We feel the betrayal. We're human. We have feelings. But we don't live based off how we feel. We live based off what he says. And we live based off of his truth. And we base ourselves in his love. And so we trust God even when things don't look good. How many say amen? So we don't sit in unbelief. We trust Jesus and we move. And we move. Amen? The second sign of spiritual wellness is someone who lives for something greater. This is a motive in which we, in which we pursue life and make decisions. And then we have the, the opposite of that, so the spiritual sickness sign is someone who always has a personal agenda, someone who is selfish. No one here at Thrive, praise Jesus. We live for something greater. That's what kept Joseph going. Joseph understood. I'm not an accident, first of all. Nothing that happened in my life was an accident. And everything I went through is because God has a purpose. And I understand that my purpose is not for myself. My purpose is for the kingdom of God. Everything he went through, think about this, everything Joseph went through wasn't for him to be better at the end. It wasn't even for him. Everything he went through was for others. For him to have a moment that when his family, the same ones that sold him, the same ones that tried to kill him, he offered them forgiveness and then he offered them comfort and food during a time of famine. That is someone who understands that the, there's a greater calling here. There's a greater purpose to my life. I'm not just, you know, I didn't just move to Lathrop because it was an accident. Like God has you here for a reason. Cause I know you didn't choose Lathrop because it was like your choice. God has you here for a reason. How many say amen? Like serious, I, it's, I, I, I say things to God and I'm like, I feel like never telling God certain things because he always uses it to prove me wrong. And I, I, I've always 
had certain conversations with God and I said, God, I'm never going to do these things. You could do all you want in my life, but I'm never going to lead worship, God. And Lord, I'm never going to preach. Don't even think about it. That's not something I'm called to do. And I'm never going to move to Stockton. That's what I told God. I'm not lying. Like 10, 10 years before they called me to come here, I had always drive through here. And I was just, I think God was already planning something. And, and I was just like in denial. And I was like, oh, I don't even like this area. No offense, Stocktonians. But I was just like, oh, I don't like Stockton. 10 years later, I get a phone call from Pastor Eric saying, hey, what are you up to? Long story short, I end up in Stockton. So we better be careful with our prayers, amen? But I understood, it's not about me. This isn't about me. This is about other people. This is about God's kingdom. And so we don't focus on what we can get out of things or out of people or out of life. I was reading a uh, article I won't tell you where I got it from because then you're, you're probably gonna quote, quote me about it later. I don't want it, no, I don't want any problems. But there's an article that I found from last month and it was titled, The Unmasking of a Selfish Nation. <laughs> and they said, COVID-19 didn't change America. It revealed our cruelties in a time of unprecedented crisis. This is not a Christian like newspaper. This is like a regular secular reporter. And there's a lot of things I felt this morning. I was reading it and I was like, and I thought to myself, I was like, wow. It's like hashtag no toilet paper came back. Right, how many went out searching for toilet paper? It was all gone. And to be honest, <laughs> the water was gone. I mean, this target was out of everything. And I thought to myself, yeah, it's, it's kind of true. But then I realized, did we expect COVID-19 to change us? And make us less selfish? Like, do we, we go from tragedy to tragedy as we experienced last week. And it seems like it lasts for about a week. And then we're back to normal, whatever that normal looks like, which is a selfish nation. But can I tell you, we cannot expect tragedy and disease and famine to change us. The only one that can change us is Jesus. The only one that can change us is Jesus. We get caught up in so many politics. We get caught up in so many things in the law and let's get to the nitty gritty. The issue is our heart. We gotta let God deal with our heart. The only way to change a man or a woman is for them to encounter the Spirit of God in their life. The Spirit of God. We're gonna go to the next one. Another sign of spiritual wellness is confidence in God's design someone say identity the opposite of that is someone that has a broken self-image and lives in insecurity this is a big one this is this is a big one 
his life dealt with this identity issue. Joseph's life. I mean, talk about people are called names of things they really aren't. But Joseph was called names of things he really ended up in. He was a slave. He was a slave. He was rejected. He was hurt. He was falsely accused. That, that's real, real life stuff. Amen? That's real life stuff we face. But he knew who he was. You can't get through life in victory without knowing who you are. And if, in case you've forgotten, I want to tell you today, you are a son and a daughter of the living God. You are a son and a daughter of the living God. And I just feel like reading this scripture to you this morning. How can I talk about identity and not go straight to this scripture? Psalm 139 says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven, in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me. When as yet there was none of them, how precious to me are your thoughts. Oh God, how vast is the sum of them. Family, God loves us. He, he created us. He designed us. He made us some... Maybe some of us a little more annoying than others. Some a little bit taller, which I'm jealous of. Some a little darker. Somebody say amen. But he made us all. The Bible says we were created in his image to reflect his glory to all people. We were created to carry his identity. I don't know if you've ever seen it like that before. With all our flaws, he chose us to carry his identity. How beautiful is that? I was reading a book this week. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Christine Kane. But I was following her for a couple years. I went to some conferences and I really never knew her story until I read this book. And she was sharing that she had been adopted so her, her mom gave her away. And as an adult, she already had her own kids. She decided, I'm going to find out who my mom and who my dad were. And I'm going to get the paperwork that I need to really learn about my, my family line. So years go by, she gets a letter. And she had forgotten that she requested this information. So she picks it up and she said she was cooking in the kitchen. Envelope was just sitting at the table for a while. 
She was going through her day trying not to look at it. There's so much going on inside of her. And finally, she said, this is ridiculous. I need to sit down. I just need to open it up. And I, need, and I need to trust God through this process. So she sits down and she opens it up. First thing she sees is her mother's name. And the second thing she sees is that the line that says father's name says unknown. She said she wept because she couldn't understand how can someone not be or want to be in my life, not even to the point of knowing his name, like just put your name on the line. So she was dealing with all this identity issues and she felt like the Holy Spirit was telling her, I've known you, open your Bible. And she read the scripture. I was there before you were there. I knew you before you knew me. Before you were even conceived, I knew your name. She had to get to the place of realizing I need to trust God because my identity is not found in man, it's found in Jesus. It's found in him alone. And then she moves on to the next line and it says, birth name of child. And it also says unknown. And she's thinking, are you serious? Like you didn't even name me? She says she's just dealing with this and she just keeps talking to God through this process. Family, we need to continually talk to our God through the process that we walk through every day in our life, no matter how difficult. If you talk to somebody else, you might not end up where you need to be. No one else can do what God can do. So follow him, trust him, lean on him. And so the Holy Spirit told her, you have a name. You're a daughter. You are my daughter. And I am your father. See, all we need is Jesus, family. All we need is Jesus. So we will not live in insecurity. Amen? You got to remind that insecurity when it comes face to face and say, I am a child of God. I belong to Jesus. I know who I am. He is my creator and he is my father. Amen? Spiritual wellness, here's the next one. One who has the capacity for love. One who can love others. How many have been loved by God? How many have been loved by God? Every single person needs to raise their hand. How many have truly been loved by God? Like every day, His love is just over us. It's just over us. He sings over us. And He breathes life. And he gives hope. He gives a future because he loves us. And it's out of that place that I have encountered God's love that I now have love to give other people. See, we can't love others unless we know the love of God. And God wants us to know him. God wants us to experience his love so that we can be able to love everyone else those that have a different perspective, those that have a different idea, those that look different, 
God has called us to love everyone and not live in a place of brokenness. The spiritual sign for spiritual sickness is the lack of the capacity for love. See, we can, when you can't love, you only love yourself maybe, or maybe you don't even love yourself. You're in a broken place. You can't really have life in a broken place. I want to tell you today, God is ready to meet you in that place. He will come down to where you're at and love on you and restore you and give you a brand new life. Come on, give God praise. I'm going to go through these last three really quick. Spiritual wellness is someone who can rest in truth and live a life of integrity. The opposite of that is someone that has to maintain the lie and live in dishonesty. Talk about someone that can't live in peace. You can't live in peace when you live in a lie, especially after knowing Jesus. You don't want to be a slave to the lie. You don't want to be a slave to that sin or to that fear. We need Jesus to deliver us. We need Jesus to give us peace, to rest in his word and in his truth so that we can live a life of integrity, live a life that is blameless. And Paul says we're, we're not perfect. I'm, it's not about perfection, but we are in a process every day of being more and more like Jesus. The next sign of spiritual wellness is someone who forgives others consistently. The sign of spiritual sickness, however, is someone who holds on to an offense. I love this. This is so clear. It can't get clearer than this. You either forgive people or you don't. You either hold on to the grudge and live in that misery, in that chaos, or you live in freedom and you forgive those who have hurt you. There is no in-between. You're either doing something that brings life or something that brings death. And I believe sometimes we, we get caught up in the keep moving, keep moving, Let's, you know, almost pretend like it didn't happen. No, no, no. We experience pain. We go through situations, people really do hurt us. That's what we're talking about here. Look what happened to Joseph. He was hurt. And I'm sure for a moment, he sat in his brokenness. But there has to come a moment where the victory comes to your house. There has to come a moment when you let it go. But letting it go requires surrender. The only way to freedom is to surrender. True life, true freedom happens when we forgive people. Got a few more, you ready? The last two signs of spiritual wellness and spiritual sickness. Spiritual wellness is someone who has a heart of stillness. 
truly experiences the peace of God. The spiritual sickness sign is someone who is restless internally experiencing chaos. There's a scripture I want to read to you. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God will surpass all understanding. You won't, you won't even understand why you feel the way you do. You just have peace because you've learned to lean on Him. You can experience peace because you've decided that just because you're in chaos doesn't mean you have to live in it. See, there's a difference. We all experience chaos, but we don't have to dwell there. We don't have to sit there. We got to get up. We got to get up. That is not the end of the story. That's not the end of the story. There's victory. God has called us to more family. God has called us higher. And this morning, I'd like for you to stand with me. I want to let you know as you're standing that Jesus still sets people free. Jesus still sets people free. And he is here to give identity, to give peace, to give joy, to give love, to bring laughter to your home again. God is here to restore. And as redemption happened in the family of Joseph, Pastor Matt was saying this earlier and I gotta I got quote him. Redemption is also coming to this house. Redemption is coming to your home. How many are ready for that in the name of Jesus? Come on, let's lift our hands. We're gonna, we're gonna worship together. And I really believe there, there are people in this place. If you could just close your eyes with me. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.